I'm Little Beeb. You're listening to the beautiful sounds of praise and worship on Praise Until Dawn, here on the Praise Broadcasting Network. As usual, I want to point you to our podcast of A Time Apart and Praise Until Dawn up at our website at pbnradio.com. That's PBN, Praise Broadcasting Network, pbnradio.com. And at the top of the page there, click on Podcast. You'll find both broadcasts up there. A Time Apart will have ATA colon in front of it want to welcome our Roku listeners. If you have Roku, great way to listen to Praise Until Dawn and Praise Broadcasting Network. Just search for, if, if you don't already know, just search for PBN or Praise Broadcasting Network. And I also want to say hello to all of our iWatch listeners, tablet, iPod, iPad listeners, Samsung, iPhone and other phone listeners, and of course our laptop and desktop listeners, and our iHeartRadio listeners. And I'm, I'm sure I've left somebody out, but whatever platform you're using to listen, welcome. Those listening by Alexa, ask her to play PBN Classic on TuneIn. I actually use Alexa to monitor pbnradio.com. Great way to listen. Good sound on it. I also want to remind you about our pbnradio.com Facebook page as well as my personal site. Go to our pbnradio.com homepage at pbnradio.com and click on the little blue and white Facebook logo at the top. It has a a small letter F, which is white, with a, a circle of blue behind it. That's Facebook. That will take you to our pbnradio.com Facebook page. For my personal page, while you're at the pbnradio.com Facebook page, go up to the search bar and at the top enter Pat Rutherford 1232. Pat Rutherford 1232.
You know what I keep thinking is I think of that pastor's dreams. What's his name? Pastor Dana or something like that. Uh, forget his last name. Um, how, how quickly it could become just as his dreams have or, or, or we're given. It may, it may not, but um, things are sure set up that way, aren't they? Blessed is the man who walks nor, uh, I'm sorry, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, whose roots go way down. 
I added that part. Just what I see happening with a tree that God is talking about. Whose magnificence goes thousands of feet in the air and who will never be shaken that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither and all that he does he prospers the wicked are not so but are like chaff that the wind drives away Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. But the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed saying let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us He who sits in the heavens laughs the Lord holds them in derision then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury saying as for me i have set my king on zion my holy hill i will tell of the decree the lord said to me you are my son Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage, and the ends of the earth your possession. You will break them with a rod of iron, and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now, therefore, O kings, be wise, be warned. O rulers of the earth serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling kiss the sun lest he be angry and you perish in the way for his wrath is quickly kindled blessed are all who take refuge in him See, this is talking about our father and our brother. God, Jesus. <clears throat> we were thought of before the foundation of the world. Our cousins were chosen. To be the ones to bring the savior of the whole world down here from heaven 
and it's an honor to pray for them to love them to help them they don't see right now what if what if now I'm gonna say something kind of controversial which is I guess not unusual there are so many just waiting 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 for the rapture just kind of waiting it out oh man any day any day hold that thought I had to get a drink of my diet peach tea now and if you were with me a few days ago you know why I have that diet <laughs> peach tea um what if instead of the rapture when we think it is God asks us to stay on here and help our cousins through this that's coming do you see it? Do you see what we've been talking about for years? Do you see it coming? Do you see how quickly a mind that does not have God's Spirit guiding it is capable of anything? Lying, cheating, stealing, murder, abduction, torture. If it's not God guiding the mind, who is it? It's one of two. There, there's no neutral here on planet Earth. And as sons and daughters, we've prepared for these times. If you haven't, please start. Open that dusty Bible. Kids, it's time. I mean, the time of practice is over. And it's an honor to be a son and a daughter and a cousin of the ones who were chosen, the chosen people of God. We were all chosen before the foundation of the world to be with Him, chosen for salvation, if we would just believe, repent, and believe, follow Him, listen to the Spirit. I wish I was where where I want to be but it's a practice session it's, it's like what we've said for a long time we're, we're practicing finding out what it's like to be a son or a daughter a prince and princess in our father's kingdom 
and it's practice. It's it's not, ha! I saw you do that. They don't do that to sons and daughters who believe on him and who love him in his word. Asking the Holy Spirit, reveal him to us. Oh, man, there it is, Ephesians 1. I told you, I cannot get out of it. Having the eyes... Oh, let me me back up even further than that. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints... I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know What is the hope to which he has called you? What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet, and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. As I was reading that, I... I, I, The illustration may not be perfect, but it, 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 I mean, it's what I saw, okay? It's what I saw. It said, put everything, and he put everything under his feet. I saw Jesus sitting on Satan. Did any of you see the picture of the policeman that had his knee on George Floyd? Now, I know, I know that that is for a man that's high on drugs and all and who, who will not obey. I, I saw the whole film. That's what you do. Now, did the policeman go too far? I, I, I can't make that call. I, I don't know. But that's not the point here. The point was, he was immovable with that policeman on his neck. 
and I saw Jesus on Satan like that. We're sons and daughters of the King. We've done what we can do in the election, now it's time to get back to business, more than ever. And if we're called to, look, I, I, I bring this up because nobody has the answer. I mean, they all think they do. Nobody has the answer to when Jesus calls us and, and we're, if some want to say raptured out of here, I mean, raptured means you just, you know, Jesus comes to get you. People want to argue about rapture. They want to argue about, I don't want to argue. I'm a son. I'm not here to argue. We do what our Father and our King asks us to do. And I'm just saying, if it's not pre-trib, then God is asking us to do something for Him. And our response is, yes, sir. Absolutely. Whatever you want. My, uh, my oldest daughter and I have this kind of fun thing we play every year about this time. Actually, it starts sometime in September, and we, we go, it's almost over. It's almost over. And we're talking about, we, we grew up, and we, we, Claudia and I tried to make Christmas a, a, a really great time for the kids. And so we, 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 when they were young, Mandy and I started this thing, it's almost over. Because we just, we love this time of year, the Christmas carols, Jesus, uh, the angels, the Father, the, just the whole thing, the, the Christmas in the air, the, the Christmas trees, the presents. It's just a time of joy, a family getting together. And so we go, it's almost over. Well, instead with sadness, sons and daughters say it's almost over. Father, what would you have me to do? I'm here. I trust you. I believe you. And we're here ready to do what you want because we know soon it'll be over. And it's even sooner now than when I first said it just a few minutes ago. Mandy and I are doing that now. Oh, you just said it 30 seconds ago. It's even closer now. It's even closer. It's almost over. And it is. We have an inheritance promised. God does not lie. We have the privilege of being sons and daughters 
And we want as many as possible to realize that themselves. Paul, who wrote 75% of the New Testament, the guy that wrote this book that we're in also wrote 75% of the New Testament. And he's going, of everything I wrote, of everything I talked about, of everything I unpacked for you, let me give you what's of first importance. Let me give you the thing that you can't mess up. If you mess this up, Everything else is off. Even if it's right, you're off in how you operate in it. You've got to get this right. You've got to get this right. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. That Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. Sin is, in the end the elevation of anything other than God to ultimate. That's sin. There is a creator God that made everything. He not only made everything, but he is ultimately aware of everything. So he's aware of everything at the macro level, right? He knows where every star is. He knows the orbits around the solar system that planets travel. He knows the depths of the seas. He knows the the height of every mountain in every mountain range on every planet in every solar system in every corner of the universe. He also knows it all at the micro level. Every cell, every atom, every bit of mitosis. He knows it all. He knows every thought. He knows every event. He knows every event at every level of happening and how those events play into other events and lead into other events and how it flows throughout all eternity. And he never has a headache over any of it. And he made everything. He made everything. Check this. Everything. Everything. Air. Ocean. Stars. Sex. Marriage. Children. Family. Everything. For the glory of his name. To be gloried in to be enjoyed and to be worshipped. Sin is at any moment when you take things given by God for the worship of God and make those things ultimate and therefore glory in them rather than in what they were given for. So in the end, sin is when I say money is what I'm after. It's what I'm all about. It's what I'm going to get. It's what my life's about. It's the air I breathe. It's what I want. It is the sole purpose of my existence. Money is not intrinsically evil, but by making money ultimate, you've fallen into sin. We could do the same thing with sex. We could do the same thing with family. We could do the same thing with marriage. Those things are not ultimate. They're secondary, given to produce praise. So what's God's just and right response when we take his creation and we take the emotions he gave us and the passions he gave us and the love he gave us and the vitality he gave us and instead of laying those things on him, instead put it on a sports team. How how perpetually ignorant do we look when death 
is coming for us, inevitably coming for us, and we're spending every hour of every day accumulating trinkets and TV channels. God in the flesh, Jesus shows up on the scene has his blood drained, carries away sins of the world. So what's of first importance? Sacrificial, ransoming, expiating, propiating cross of Jesus Christ. Peter, one of the twelve, never figures it out while Jesus is here. The one moment that he gets some encouraging news from Christ, four verses later, Jesus calls him the devil. He talks big, never delivers, and in the end is an outright coward. Few hours before the arrest of Christ, he says, even if I must go to death with you, I will not betray you. Jesus pats his head and he's like, give me a break. I'm God in the flesh. By tomorrow morning, man, three times. At the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we find evidence that all of the wrath of God towards sinful men was absorbed in Christ. There's not going to be another Jesus. There is no need for further sacrifice. That's Hebrews 9. Jesus says on the cross, it is finished. Christ being resurrected is where we find our justification before God. Right standing before God. Not in doing moral acts. Not in attending church. Not in not cussing. Not in not drinking light beer. Not in not... I could go on and on and on here. But you do not stand justified in front of God because of any good works. You stand justified in front of God Almighty by the grace of God, justified by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. No, I'm not bitter against the church. I just think somehow we've got off and there's all this talk about morality and people are conforming themselves to these moral codes, but they don't know Jesus. Who cares? It's the resurrection of Christ that justifies. That's why it's so important. That's why it's so big. It proves that all the wrath of God was poured out. It's gone. For the elect, it's gone. There is no more wrath. The same power, the same supernatural, God-saturated power that healed the wounds of Jesus and resurrected him from the dead is now at work in those who believe that in the deepest parts of our being, the Holy Spirit of God, the power of God is at work restoring and breaking down and rebuilding and healing wounds and replacing broken parts and putting together fractured bodies. The same power that was at work in Christ is now at work in us. Who, all of us? No, not all of us, those who believe. Because most people don't run there. They run to Barnes and Noble and they get whatever book Oprah told us to get. 
You do not intrinsically have anything within yourself to fix yourself. Believe me now or believe me later, after 25 years or 30 years of struggling with some hidden, secret, secular sin, you don't possess the power to raise unto life that which is dead. And all of us, according to Ephesians chapter 2, are born broken. You're not going to be able to fix it. Your lust, you're not going to be able to fix it. Your bitterness, you're not going to be able to fix it. Your rage, anger, that stuff that's been following you around, those deviances that have been following you around, you don't possess the power of life and death. You can't resurrect anything. Christ can. That's why we don't celebrate us. That's why we continually celebrate Him. Because we can't. Who, who's going to bring a charge against God's elect when it's not their behavior that justifies them, but God alone? Not only does all the power of the resurrection now at work in those who believe, but now for those who believe because of the resurrection, there is no condemnation for us and nothing can separate us from Christ. But what happens when you love the Lord, but there's still this lust in your heart that kind of haunts you a little bit? What do you do then? because I didn't even feel like where I was, I was even safe to talk about that because everybody was so busy pretending that they didn't struggle with that. What happens when you fall in love with Jesus but there's still some bitterness there? What happens when you happens when you fall in love with Jesus but you still have all these issues? See, the church told me that I wouldn't have those issues anymore once I got saved. I mean, that was the whole premise and framework of the gospel. Get saved because then you won't. And I got saved and kept on doing. So then where am I supposed to go? Because apparently Jesus doesn't work for me. He goes, oh, no, 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 no. We'll, we'll work through this. But I'm not letting you go in the meantime. Oh, we'll get there. I, I started this, so I'll finish it. If you need any reference points, check out Genesis 12 and how I fulfill it in the resurrection of Christ. I'll finish it. I started it. I'll be faithful to finish. Don't give up. Keep walking. Keep pressing in. Keep confessing. Find God-loving, Christ-exalting believers and do life with them. Get help. Get guidance. But don't give up. I'll heal you. And I won't let you go in the interim. I won't let you go. There's no one who can condemn you. I don't. And if I don't, no one can. Who will even bring a charge against you? Your mind. What court could they possibly charge you in? Everything's mine. This is what the resurrection is to us. Those who believe... Resurrection is power working in our hearts. It's not perfection. It's power working in our hearts. It's that as we stumble about on the path of sanctification, Christ holds fast. This is the first importance. That Christ was crucified.
turned him away. Send him on out to the stable. Let him be born with the sheep and the hay. No room for Jesus. No room in our worship for Jesus. Forsaking his will for a stage. Content to just go through the motions, get through the list, and we'll call it a day. No room for Jesus. No room for Jesus. But I have decided I'm making room. Thing I'll do in the morning, the last thing I'll do every night is build you a throne with my worship. I live for communion, no matter the price. There's room for Jesus, always room for Jesus. It's not. 
Another moment. Prepare your heart. 
get a sense in moments like this We're close to the other side Close to the other world I don't want to move I want to be aware got other songs to do But I don't want to move When the wind blows Let the wind blow
the Lord is with you. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Come, you will conceive in your womb and give birth to a son, and you will call his name Jesus. How can this be, since I've been with no man? The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power from the Most High will overshadow you. And the holy offspring shall be called the Son of God. Teenage girl, much too young, unprepared for what's to come. A baby changes everything. Let me turn to me according to your word.
Jessica Smith's father was an alcoholic. Her mother raised her to believe in Jesus, and Jessica often turned to God for comfort and security. I loved the idea that God was my father in heaven, and he fulfilled any of the inadequacies of my real father. In high school, Jessica decided to do what felt good to her, including experimenting with drugs. I wanted to be accepted. I wanted to feel cool. I wanted to be popular. I wanted boys to like me. Later, when she went to college, Jessica decided to leave Christianity behind completely. 
I just saw people living these lives that seemed goody two-shoes to me. It just pushed me the other direction. I just thought, if that's what a Christian is, I don't want it. But spiritual issues were something Jessica couldn't avoid dealing with when a close friend was killed in a motorcycle accident. I had to know, where is she? Is there such a thing as heaven and hell? What do I believe? I didn't know if she knew Jesus, and I couldn't stand the thought of her being in a place called hell. Jessica desperately wanted answers. She didn't like what the Bible said about hell, so she felt compelled to call a relative for advice. The relative, a psychic, told Jessica she could talk to her deceased friend. Jessica knew the Bible warned against talking to mediums, but she was swayed by the emotional experience. It felt like love. It felt like peace. I'd been searching for answers, and I was just in such a state of turmoil, and I'm praying what is truth, and then I am overwhelmed by this sensation of love and peace. And I knew that God was love. And I thought, well, it has to be God then. For the next 10 years, Jessica pursued that feeling full time. She immersed herself in meditation, taught yoga, Reiki energy healing, and communication with spirits. Seeking spiritual truth and escalating along the spiritual path. Um, I viewed all religions and all modes of spirituality as going up paths to the mountain, all different paths to the top of the mountain. And getting to the top of that mountain was absolutely my top priority in life. But the closer Jessica felt to achieving Nirvana, the more her personal life with her boyfriend fell apart. She struggled with anger and unhappiness. I didn't think any of the tumultuousness of our relationship was spiritual. I just needed to see a real counselor and get to the root of the issue, which I viewed as my childhood. You know, this is where this anger is coming from. So she agreed to meet with Christian counselors Donald and Don Offerman, as long as they didn't pressure her about Jesus. Over dinner, Jessica and her boyfriend learned of the Offerman's ministry to the homeless in Alaska. I started thinking, well, that's really cool. Here are some people who are working with Jesus the same way I'm working with Buddha and Tara and um, these other energies um, to do good. Jessica decided since Jesus was there for her during childhood, she should give him spiritual priority. All of these other spirits really were just acquaintance spirits compared to that deep foundational relationship that I had with Jesus as a child. And I just thought, why am I not working with Jesus? And then I prayed something that I had no idea how profound it was or what I was setting into motion with my prayer. I prayed to all of the other spirits that I've been working with. I said, thank you so much for all that you have taught me. But from now on, I'm just going to be working with Jesus. And I'd done that before with I'd worked with a certain spirit or energy for a while. There'd never been any problems when I transitioned from working with one to another. And so I just thought, of course, there would be no problems. They're all beings of light after all. They just want what's best for me. Jessica and her boyfriend, who had recently become a Christian, began reading the book of Luke aloud every day. 
neither of them was prepared for what happened next. I was sitting at the kitchen table and all of a sudden out of nowhere, I mean absolute nowhere, I felt just this overwhelming terror and hate and evil just like overwhelm me in an instant out of nowhere. And I knew something very real was happening spiritually. In that moment, I completely surrendered. And I knew that the only way to be saved from what I had allowed into myself was through Jesus. Jessica asked her boyfriend to pray in the name of Jesus. And the Lord brought to mind verses that I hadn't thought of in a really long time. Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light, and I knew it. I knew in an instant that every single word of the Bible was true, not just the ones that suited the way I wanted to live, all of it. And in an instant, I knew what it was, and it just started coming up and out, and I just consciously let it. And this deep, throaty, like, hiss came from the back of my throat, and I felt an energy leave. Jessica rededicated her life to Jesus Christ that night and was set free from many demonic spirits. The Lord knew what needed to happen and He allowed it to happen. He prepared me with His truth of His scriptures and then He removed the veil and let me experience the reality of what I had allowed into myself through these practices. Jessica returned to church where she grew in Christ she met and married Stuart, and they have two sons. She says that the truth she was searching for can only be found in one place. The peace that Jesus gave me was this deep, true peace. It wasn't a feeling. It came by faith. And that's what I really had to realize is that my relationship with Jesus isn't about a feeling. It's about truth. It's about faith, even when it's not comfortable. It's about trusting Him that He is God and I'm not, and that He knows and submitting to that. And then I could look back throughout all the years and all of the choices that I made, and I just saw His patience and how his hand was always protecting me. And he never gave up on me.
help keep PBN on the air for listeners just like you all over the world. Donations are tax deductible in the United States and appreciated from around the world. Our address is Praise Broadcasting Network, P.O. Box 2468, Asheboro, North Carolina, 27204. You can also visit our website at www.pbnradio.com. Pat and Claudia love reading your email. You may send it to mail at pbnradio.com or call them at 336-626-PRAY. That's 336-626-7729. You're listening to Praise Until Dawn, coast to coast and around the world, here on the Praise Broadcasting Network.